those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God upon which we base our message on this 24th Sunday after Pentecost is the gospel you heard it read before from Matthew 25. Just recall these words. The kingdom of heaven is like a man going on a trip. He called his servants and entrusted some money to them. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who lived, who died, who lives again, and who will return to take his children to eternal life in heaven, my beloved. Waiting is a fact of life. You wait in the doctor's office for your turn. Uh, you wait perhaps for the uh, airplane to arrive so you can take your trip. You wait for the light to turn green. You wait for the baby to be born. You wait for Christmas. You wait in line to pay for the Christmas presents at the store. Someone once said that we actually spend a third of our life sleeping. You ever think about that? That means if you're 60 years old, you spent 20 years in bed. I wonder how much time we spend waiting. During these last Sundays of the church year, we focus our attention on the last things, especially like Judgment Day, the last day. And in reality, that's what we Christians are doing. We are waiting for our Lord's return on Judgment Day. You know, that's what separates believers from unbelievers. We know what we're waiting for. The unbelieving world doesn't know. And knowing what you're waiting for makes all the difference. The focus of the words before us today beg the question, what should we be doing while we're waiting for Jesus' return? Knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it while you're waiting makes all the difference. And Jesus encourages us that our waiting should be active, not passive. In other words, don't just sit there, do something. So let's take a look at the uh, word illustration of Jesus once again, or we call it a parable. It talks about a man who's very wealthy and decides that he's going to go away on a trip, extended perhaps for several years. Before he leaves, he calls three of his servants together. And he says, while I'm gone, I want you to take care of my uh, uh, assets, fixed and liquid. You guys, you three guys, you take care of my household. That's what they would do cumulatively. But then individually, he went to each manager and uh, doled out a portion of his state, estate for them to manage. Now, this is really important for the understanding of this illustration that Jesus, that uh, the rich man didn't just give some money to these three men. He entrusted it to them to manage while he was gone. He gave different amounts of money to each one of the servants. Now, I know in uh, the uh, God's Word translation, it talks about $10,000, five or two or whatever. It's kind of hard when you're taking a look at currency and coinage way back in the Bible days to try to figure out what the equivalents would be today. 
But if you take a look into the Bible and into the Greek, it talks about a talent. Five talents were given to one guy, uh, two to another, and one to the third guy. And somebody calculated that a talent was worth 20 years of wages for a day laborer. So in other words, this landowner, this wealthy man, could have been giving to one of his uh, uh, servants a million dollars to manage, and the other one a half a million dollars, and the third one a quarter million dollars. Like I, I said, some people guess that it was maybe only $10,000, but all I know, it wasn't $700 billion, and it, and it wasn't uh, uh, chump change either. Again, the point of the story is that the servants were to manage different monetary portions of the man's estate until he uh, returned. Now, they were, to, they were given large sums of money. What a responsibility. What would you do if you had a wealthy friend who said, I'm going away on a trip and I want to give you $50,000 and you manage it for me uh, until I return? What would you do? How would you feel? Where would you go with the economy today to manage that money? Way back when, in another life, I worked for an organization that had a foundation made up of a lot of investments. And uh, we had the controller of the organization who was responsible every day for watching the stock market. He would tell us that sometimes he couldn't get to sleep at night because he didn't know if he made the right investments. So finally the organization went out and bought some money managers and hired them. Taking care of somebody else's money is a great responsibility and it's hard work. Now there's an end to this story that Jesus told also. When he returned from his trip, he took an audit. The first two servants doubled the rich man's money. The third man just buried his portion in the ground. The first two servants were commended. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've managed a little. I'm going to let you have a lot. The man who had buried his portion, when he was audited, he made all sorts of excuses. The wealthy man didn't accept any of them. He said, look it, why would you bury it in the ground? At least you could have taken it to the bank, invested in a money market or a CD. You could have made some money for me, you wicked, lazy servant. And he took what the man had, gave it to another man. The servant was thrown out. So what does it mean for us in 2017? The parable is a lesson about how to wait for Jesus' return. The rich man is Jesus, who came into our world to shed his blood for you and for me. He rose from the dead victoriously, and then he ascended into heaven for a reason known only to him, to remove his visible presence from us for a while. As Jesus was ascending into heaven, it was sort of like he was telling his disciples, I'm going away for now, for a while. While I'm gone, you're in charge. Take care of all my stuff when I'm gone. I'll come back someday and see how you did. So you see, now it's clear as to what we're supposed to be doing while we wait for Jesus' return. We're in charge of all of his stuff, and we're supposed to take care of it. 
God's direction in Holy Scripture is really quite simple. God really only asks of, of us two things. He asks us to praise him by telling him how good he is just for being God, to praise him for all the goodness that he gives to us, and then to tell others about his goodness. As we do those things, we show our love for him. How we go about praising him and telling others about him is what the parable is all about. You, take, you praise God by taking care of all of his stuff while he's gone. Now, you don't have to take care of all of his stuff. You just have to take care of a portion of his stuff that he entrusted to you. He asks all of us to take care of a different portion of his creation. And he reminds us that all the stuff that we're taking care of is not our own. It's his. It's just entrusted to us. Our car. Our house. Our garden. Our clothes. Our flat screen HDTV. Our iPod. Our computer. Our family. Our body. And our health. And the stuff that God entrusts us to take care of is all different. Your house is not my house. God didn't ask you to take care of my house, and he didn't ask me to take care of your house. Your car is different from my car. Your body is different from my body. Your job is different from my job. Your family is different from my family. We praise God and tell others about him by how we take care of all of the stuff that he's apportioned to us. You praise God by changing the oil in your car because you want to take care of it because it's not really your car, it's Jesus. You praise God by taking care of just about everything in your life. You can praise God by driving to work in the morning, by obeying the speed limit and watching all the, the street signs so that you uh, watch safety for your own life and for others. Your life is not your own, it belongs to Jesus. And on the way to work, when the, the light changes from red to green and you don't move fast enough and the driver behind you in road rage gives you that one finger, middle finger salute, then instead of uh, returning the favor, uh, just say, uh, and God bless you too, sir. And recognize the person as a blood-bought soul of Jesus Christ. Control your, God, your, your emotions and praise God. When you take care of your house by painting it, repairing it, cleaning the gutters, you praise God because it's not your house, it's his. You're just taking care of it until he returns. Take care of your body. It's not yours. It belongs to Jesus. Avoid negative thoughts. They can make you sick. Get enough sleep. Because the body does not thrive on sleep deprivation. Take care of your body. It is not yours. Be cognizant of what kind of food and beverages you put into your body. The quantity and the quality. Praise the Lord with food and drink. You see, when it comes right down to it, there is a difference between the believer and the unbeliever. You, as a Christian, say, God... All of this stuff is yours. I'll take good care of it. Unbelievers say, all of this stuff is mine, and I'm going to do anything that I want with it. 
Jesus always intended us to use stuff and to worship God. The unbelieving world worships stuff and uses God, and that's idolatry, and that can lead to hell. And how about our money? You know, the way we spend our money tells a lot about us. Our checkbooks and our credit card statements say a lot about our priorities in life. I wonder what Jesus would do if he returned and said, I want to audit your checkbook. What was this expenditure for? Did you praise me with that expenditure? What was this check for? How we manage our money says something about us. It's not our money. It's Jesus' money, so he has the right to know how we spend it. By the way, does anybody know what time it is right now? You know, you are all a privileged few. You know what time it is. Right now is your time of grace. Now is the time to be waiting for Jesus, not passively, but actively. Because until he comes, you're in charge of all of his stuff. So take good care of it, and it will multiply. Take good care of it, and in so doing, you will praise the name of the one who died and who lives and who will return again for you. Then on the last day, when all of our waiting is done, you'll hear your name called, and he'll say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've managed just a few things wisely. Take possession now of many more things. Come and share your master's happiness. So, what are you waiting for? I think you know. I'm sure you know. So don't just sit there, praise the Lord, and tell others about him too. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, 
and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. 